Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. everybody and welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is season two, episode seven, and we're going to talk about the benefits of remaining teachable, of always being a student of mm. life and everything. And we kind of touched on this at the end of our last episode. So as we were yeah. kind of talking about, we're like, we need to talk about this more. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Let's do a podcast on it. Um and this actually, it's kind of cool that this topic came up because it's actually come up um, a few times for me just in kind of everyday life, everyday conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, my husband is an associate pastor, so he preaches every once in a while. And he, his most recent sermon was on, if I'm not careful, I can become old and bitter. Yeah, And this was kind of one of the things yeah. that came up was that... I think it's easy to be kind of be bitter or to grow bitter when you feel like you kind of know it all and you have life all figured out and there's no more like curiosity or wonder in the world. There's nothing more to learn. Yeah. Um, Well, there's nowhere to go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we were talking about then. So I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it because this is such a, Man, I just feel like it's such an important place to be, to be someone who's always willing to learn. No, I do too. I think um I think when we when we're not, it just pretty much <laughs> the road uh the road ends there. That's it, you know? Uh yeah. from what what we get to what we get to experience uh, you know, in our lives and, you know, especially with our creative work, it's just you know, if we decide that we're done and we have all the answers, you know, it it just forces us into a place where we're not, you know, we're not open to to seeing something new or a new way or a new idea. And I would venture to say it's that would deeply, deeply shape our, you know, shape our belief system. And you yeah. know, then it's even that obviously affects the way we interact with people, you know, in our lives and, you know, what we view as uh just I don't know. I just there's just something really rigid about that, you know, that puts us in a yeah. place. I think that you know we're just sort of we've hit our we've hit the ceiling. We're not going. We're not going anywhere. We're not breaking any. <laughs> we're not breaking any ceilings at that point. <laughs> we've just hit it, smacked our yeah. face against it. <laughs> and I think it's easy, like you see it in people who have been in high level positions, yeah. who have been very successful. You can kind of. Um, you, you know, you know, those people, I'm sure as you're listening, like you can think of those people in your life that like, they're not, there's not a willingness to learn anything or to mm-hmm. change or to grow. There's this very rigid mentality and nope, this way is right. There's no other way. Yeah. I'm not even willing to listen to anyone yeah. else's opinion on this subject or, um, anyone who, who may have, a something to say that's counter to what I think, um, it yeah. just, you know, you see that play out on like Facebook quite a lot when it comes to like <laughs> politics and religion and stuff. People mm. who just aren't even willing to, you know, you can wholeheartedly disagree with somebody, but still listen to them respectfully and recognize that they're, yeah. 
their point of view on something while maybe completely ridiculous to you, it still matters. It's still their point of view. And yeah, it gets um, to be theirs. Yeah, it does. And, and everybody's, you know, everybody's viewing the world from a different lens. For some people it's, you know, it's through, um, the lens of whatever religion they, they believe for other people that it's a lens of just solely based on their own experiences. It can Mm -hmm. be, um, you know, everybody has their own lens. And so that's not to say like, it's all truth and every, you know, I'm not saying that what I'm, but everybody has their own, you know, biases that they bring to the table. But anyway, yeah. so we're going to share some benefits of remaining teachable because we don't want to become those people who, first of all, we just, we can't accept any input that, that challenges us in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, and we want to be people who are going to continue to grow throughout our lives. I think, when you're a lifelong learner, like that's a, that's a, yeah, it's a good way to live. So one of the first benefits is that you, and we talked about this in the last episode is that you can accept criticism. (laughs) If people (laughs) come to your work with a something, you know, with a critique, with an Mm -hmm. opinion that's counter to what you just shared, they don't get your work. They don't like your work. Um, you're able to accept that in a way that instead of feeling like, okay, it's time to circle the wagons here and defend my little creativity, instead of that, it's like, hmm, okay, well, let me, let me just think on that. Yeah. Let me just, you know, and maybe the feedback, (laughs) yeah, maybe the feedback is not valuable, but maybe it is. Maybe there's something, you know, if they're like, well... I don't know if they're pointing out that the the horizon line is not level. (laughs) Then instead of being like, well, it's just how I want it. It's just, you know, um, I don't know. Take a look at it. (laughs) Are they right? Maybe it's something you can fix and and you thank them for it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is just how you want it. And then in which case you just say, well, that's just how I want to do it. But I think you do see this play out on, so you know, we can actually see those conversations playing out on social media yeah. where somebody makes a, a comment about something and then instead of, well, you've seen it, we've seen it both ways where a person yeah. is very gracious and like, well, thanks for the feedback or thanks for the criticism. I appreciate it. And then yeah. we've seen the flip side of it right. where it like devolves into this, you know, <laughs> back and forth snark battle and, you know, it's just coming out of a, I yeah. think, and that's coming out of a place of, of rigidness and just yeah. not, not being willing to accept yeah. it. Well, and when we're, you know, when we get to a place where we don't believe we have <laughs> any more to learn, that's a surefire way to create defensiveness, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. what it does is it puts you in that position of, you know, polarity. It, whoever is uh, opposite of me is is wrong. They are right. Their way is against me. Their opinion is against me. You know, uh, it just man, it just shuts you off. I just it really does. It shuts you off. It makes you, um, like we said, just really rigid, really unable <clears throat> to hear things in a way that is more neutral. You know, and we've mm-hmm. talked about that a lot and. I think that's one of the ways we become more neutral in our responses, or at least 
maybe after something strikes us, you know, maybe the first time we read it or see it or hear it, we're, you know, a little angry or a little hurt by it or, you know, it's a little, ugh, well, great, one of those. But, you know, after a few minutes, we're able to come to a place of neutrality. I think that's one of the ways uh, that really ensures that we can do that is when we, mm-hmm. you know, when we decide that we want to always be learning, you know, we want to always grow, we want to always shift, we don't have everything figured out, we have not experienced everything like other people have, you know, that, that's, I I don't know, it's one of the biggest ways I think we get to a place where we are able to not take everything so personally, because you know what Mm -hmm. else being a learner does, it tells you, it instills in you that it's just not all about you. You're not the cat's meow, man. I mean, you know, you're <laughs> awesome and you are, but you're also not, you know, all yeah. at the same time. You know, we've talked about that before. You, you've got to recognize your deep, deep significance and insignificance, you know, that it's, it's only significant because we're all connected and we all learn and grow because of one another. You know, if you were yeah. in a, a vacuum alone, you know, would would you expect to be like worshipped? <laughs> so it just keeps us more humble, more, you know, more willing to respond to things in a neutral way. Criticism, yeah, especially. I, I think a part of being humble is, you know, re- then recognizing another benefit, recognizing that you're not always right. You know, yeah, that, that, yeah. that comes out of a place of humility. And I think where that is... Um, is beneficial is, you know, you'll see, um, you know, that there are some people who like really dig in their heels on something and argue a point and then they do turn out to be wrong. (laughs) And it's like, and then it's, yeah. And then it's like, they, you know, where do you go from there then you've defended (laughs) this to the ground and then you'll even see people like, it looks like delusional behavior. They just continue (laughs) to, Yeah, they continue to hold on to that because there's just this unwillingness to recognize that they're wrong. And so by being able to say right off the bat, like, you know what, I might be wrong. I'm not always right about this. Um, Coming at things with this this humility, um, man, it just it just makes it easier to then navigate everything. You don't end up in one backed into a corner where then you look delusional because you're just <laughs> completely unwilling to admit that that a wrong happened and it was and it was on you it was your bad it wasn't somebody else's right <laughs> so. so funny I do I do think that that's a that's a big part of it it's just like we've just got to we, we've all got to be aware that we're we can't possibly have all the answers. And so when we when we believe that we're always right, you know, it's kind of like you said with the opinion thing, that's a, you want to check to know if you're in a place where you're able to be more, um, you know, to say, am I teachable right now or am I not? Just pay attention to yourself. How many opinions do you put out there that that are concrete? You know, not a mm-hmm. an opinion that you 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 know express because someone asks or because you know you're joining in a conversation, but you're open to feedback and give and take. You know, how many opinions are we expressing that are just concrete? They are not movable. You know, mm-hmm. and even if the opinion itself is not movable, is your ability to 
to listen, you know, is that there? Is that apparent? Uh, I think, you know, when we're, when we're really rigid, that's just not there. You know, we're, yeah. it's, it is our way, buddy. We know, we know all the answers. We are, we are definitely right all the time. And that's just a, yeah. that's a lonely place to be, I think, you know? I mean, I, I know, I know it is. Yeah, and I think it's so important to create art with, um, you know, with a, a curiosity to, yeah. to con- you know, to recognize that, um, yeah, that there are other ways of looking at the world. I think that can take your art, music, dance, yeah. writing to, to really interesting places when yeah. you're willing to learn about things that are kind of beyond your borders. Yeah. And, um and I've been I've been really challenged by that as I've read books that are not written from my perspective solely. Yeah. You know, it's written from a different perspective and um, or from a perspective that's similar to mine. Maybe it's completely counter to mine. And in reading that, I can either become maybe there's something in it that sort of sways me and has me mm-hmm. thinking in a different direction. Or it, it makes me even more certain about what I do believe. What I do yeah. believe is is truth. And, right. Um, but I think it can lead your work to really interesting places. Yeah. Another thing I think is that you just have more grace for people. Yeah. All in all, you just are willing to give people more latitude and grace when you are not living in a way that your way is right and their way is wrong or everybody, yeah. uh, everybody else's way is wrong. Um, I think you're less likely to go around nitpicking people. Yeah. Um, you're less likely to just completely impose your opinion on other people. Yeah. Um, you just or, have grace for them and yes. latitude, you know? Yes. And, and to your point, it's kind of like you also are not devastated when they impose theirs on you. You know, that's, yeah. that's a yeah. big part of it. You, you have grace for, for those moments, which we talked about, you know, on our last episode, but you have the ability to, to read through, you know, read between the lines a little bit with people. And, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, your creative work that you're putting out there, you're sharing and you get, you know, rough feedback, it, that totally shifts the way, you know, that you're able to, to view, to view it. It's like you said, you know, you take a minute and you, you decide if the line being straight is important you know, or if that's, if that's a critique worth, worth hearing, you know, can, can it be that there is a, a better way to do this? I mean, I want to keep getting better. You know what I mean? As a human, I mean, as an artist, as a creative, as a mom, you know, as a wife, I don't, I don't want to just stop. You know, how boring would that be? You know what I mean? What if you, what if we all peaked at 23? (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, goodness. You know what I'm saying? How bad would that be? How boring would that be? So uh, I think, you know, being able to, to remain teachable, it does, it just gives you grace for, for all of it. You know, the messiness of life and, uh, you know, how difficult your, you know, your work journey may be. And, you know, just all, all those things that happen along the way, it gives you the ability to, like you said, just navigate it a little bit better. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's in especially important if you're in a position of sharing, um, yeah. especially if you're teaching, mm-hmm. because I can't tell you how many times over the year on my blog, I shared 
something and it's just like this is just the way I do it and I'm sharing it with other people who might want to do it this way or it might benefit them in some way and then in the comments people share all of these ways that they do it that's so much better than mine and that's (laughs) brilliant and you know if I or pointing out something that I was doing incorrectly whether it was their opinion or their like it actually was not the best way to do it it was it was an incorrect way to do it yeah um I think that uh, I would have quit long ago if I was not teachable and I took all of those <laughs> comments as, you know, well, they're just they're just trying to, you know, make me look stupid because yeah. now I've shared something that now isn't a good idea or they have some better idea. You know, it, um, what yeah. I do when that happens is I'm always pointing people to the blog comments. So I'm like, you know, here's my post, but the the real gold is in the comments. Yeah. So go read those too. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity to help build community instead of, um, I don't know, instead of taking it like, oh, well, now these people made me look foolish. It's or in now, the front. Yeah. Yeah. Or now I have no business teaching because mm-hmm. I don't know everything about this particular subject. Well, so right. Yeah. Therefore, I, I don't have anything valuable to say when it's like yes. that's that's a part of the beauty of all the people sharing online is it's just normal people just sharing what they do. And some yeah. of the, you know, some of the ideas are really clever and, you know, maybe wouldn't have surfaced if uh, um, yeah. that person hadn't shared it. So, um, yeah, so I think that's important. Also, um, and I, this may be. Well, maybe one of the most important ones. Yeah. It just helps you retain a sense of wonder about the world. This mm-hmm. is about not becoming um, old and bitter. Old and I'd and actually bitter. heard at one, <laughs> yeah, I'd actually heard at one point um, that curiosity is just the best, um, like the best way to combat being cynical. Yeah, because if you keep sort of this curious mentality, then there's always this. Um, everything's not a foregone conclusion. Like, oh, well, I can't do this because I know, you know, I suddenly can see the future and I know exactly how this is going to turn out. Um, You you just retain it. Well, what if? Maybe maybe I should try this. Why not? um, As in one of our last episodes. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Why not? And I think that really protects your, you know, mind and soul from... Um, yeah, from stuck. going to a place of cynicism, bitterness, yeah, yeah being stuck. Yeah, um, I do too. You know, I think definitely the, you know, the danger in not having a sense of wonder is that box. You know, that we all. It's like we fear it, but it's just comfortable. You know what I mean? Just the box. Yeah. Whatever we've talked about this before. I think it was on that uh, on that episode, but. Just the fear of being in that proverbial box, you know, and we've got to stay there. Mm. That's where we are. That's what we do. This is our life. Uh, That's it. You know, nothing, there's nothing really new to look forward to or, and you know, I think this happens very subtly. I don't think it's, you know, we do often, you'll see, you know, people will arrive at a place where they're, you know, very... Um, they're very rigid in their their beliefs about all kinds of things, even the things they should and should not do, you know, as far as like, even like we're talking about creative work. But, you know, it 
probably it begins very subtly, you know, it begins like with this, nope, this is it. This is, yep, this is just the way it is. This is the way. This is what I have to do. This is who I am. This is what I don't do. And then eventually that leads us to a place where, you know, I think all kinds of things can create in us the uh, sort of the the problem of being unteachable. But, you know, it can be really subtle things. Just, you know, little mishaps along the way that kind of knock your confidence and you know, so you start kind of saying things to yourself like, well, I'm not able to do blank because of blank. And then, you know, before you know it, you're not looking. So then you become unteachable. You know, I think there's all kinds of ways that we might find ourselves in that position. I don't think it's always out of just a blatant disregard for other humans and their opinions. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it starts yeah, more subtly than that. But, you know, man to get out of the box, you've, it's, it is that sense of wonder, you know, it's just the, well, what if I did this? How would that look? Could that work? You know, and I know we're not like marriage and family therapists or anything, but I mean, <laughs> I think by a long shot, but man, I mean, think about how your relationships would change, you know, if we yeah. decided we're just teachable. We don't, yeah. We don't know everything. We don't have all the answers. We're not, you know, my way is not the way. It's one way. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's the same for our for our creative work, you know, and, and what we, like you, especially when we're sharing it. It's, that's when it's a really big deal because you are getting lots of feedback and thought and different opinions and you're just able Number one, you're able to handle all that gracefully for yourself and peacefully, but man, it's more fun. I mean, it's just so much more exciting to decide, yeah. you know, at 40, you're going to try something new and it's not too late for you to do something new. I mean, that's what a full life, you know, um, to be able to yeah. live by, you know, by the time you look back and you're 85, you've done all these amazing things. If you guys could see Marion right now, she is cat wrangling. I mean, this, this I've got so this. Weird. Usually the animals are all out of the studio, but I had the door open. So I have a cat like walking it's all very around. Cute, trying, very cute, very funny. Trying like, to control her. Help but mention it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I feel like the most important part of being teachable is that you continue to grow just yeah. I mean and I do say I think within the arts um there is a, a a big emphasis on learning and on practicing you see that with yeah you know with music and dance yeah. and with art you know you see very accomplished artists who have been painting for decades and selling right. their work for a long time and they're still taking classes or you exactly see, um you know, dancers who have been dancing for years and who have reached the pinnacle of their career and they're still mm -hmm. in the studio practicing for hours yeah. every day. And it's so I think that there is that culture of sort of um, how important continued learning is. But I think as an individual, you know, just remaining just remaining pliable, just, yes. you know. Um, it, it helps you to continue to grow um, if you're, and I think it's something you have to seek out usually. And I've kind yeah. of learned that, that I would have said like, oh yeah, I'm someone who's always learning. But then 
if I really looked at my day and my week, you know, well, when was that learning happening really? And there, and there really wasn't. And so over the last um, year, especially, but a little longer than that, I've made a, a real effort at making sure that I'm, um, that I have quality input, that I'm actually taking time as a part of my day to read, to listen to audiobooks, to listen to podcasts, to read articles, um, and to read books on a variety of subjects, not just even going back to like some, you know, writings from 100, 200 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, just to see what what they had to say back then, you know, yeah. and reading, like I said, reading things that are f- written from different points of view and and it's really challenged me and it, and it has yeah. helped me grow. And now once you start to taste that kind of that growth and you see how quality input really affects your output, um, mm-hmm. I think it makes you more excited about learning and about yeah. being a student. Um, yeah. Whereas for some people, especially if you were not a huge fan of school, um, the idea of like being an evergreen student is like... Yeah. <laughs> No, but it doesn't have to come in a (laughs) traditional format. You know, I would say, you know, even if you're not really, I don't know, really into podcasts or, you know, reading books or, you know, magazines, articles, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's one of the reasons (laughs) for me that when I shifted things in my business and started working with partners, you know, John and Ashley became, you know, some of my closest friends, but I loved them and the the other guys in the office. It was so cool to me to have different perspectives and just mm-hmm. see an entirely different way. And then some things very similar, you know, but just a very different perspective on uh, business and, you know, hospitality and, <clears throat> you know, consulting into other companies, you know, what was important to them. Um, I would say... Let's see, I started working with them when I hit about 34, 35. Um, So I would say that what I learned about communication from working with them, sorry, I'm just, you know, still the sickness. Um, And, you know, and the client work that we did, it was probably, I've never learned or thought that much about the way in which I communicate and lay out expectations, and ask good questions, and all that stuff. And I had had very successful business years. So see, to me, it's like, I would have never experienced that, you know, if I had Mm -hmm. not been open that maybe there was a way I could do that better, or a different way, a different, you know, like you, a different lens. So, you know, it just, it's such a powerful thing to to surround yourself with people. So I would say if you struggle, you know, to be a a natural learner, you know, you don't want to necessarily sit down and take a class or read a book, you know, surround yourself with great people, smart people. Don't worry about being the smartest person in the room. Like be, be the one that needs to learn. That's fine. You don't have to be you know, we don't have to be the professional all the time. We can take a minute to be amateur again and, you know, mm-hmm. to hear something new and experience something new. You know, get a mentor, you know, even if it's not a, you know, a paid group, even if it's just someone in your life that really speaks life into your life, you know, because that all that does is spill over, you know, into your into your creative work. 
too. Yeah, yeah. There are so many great opportunities to learn now, whether it's, I mean, there are all sorts of courses and online groups and online programs. And um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways to learn now beyond just you have to go sit in a classroom. Uh, But yeah, I love that you can learn so much from just collaborations. Um, I've actually, in a lot of the reading I've done, I've multiple people have said, you know, I, I deliberately try to put people in the room with me who are smarter than I am yes. because I know that I'm going to learn. Yeah. And, um, and these are from this, these are in books written by incredibly smart people who are sure. like groundbreaking in their, yeah. you know, in their field. And, um, and yeah, they, they would purpose to surround themselves with smart people because they knew it would challenge them. It mm-hmm. would make them smarter, yep. um, and to not feel, I think, too, yeah, you just don't feel threatened when you mm-hmm. when you approach life with a sense of learning, and um, yeah, there are just so many benefits. So let's let's go over real quickly, and we didn't write this in our notes, but I just feel like we should do it. Talk <laughs> about like <laughs> let's talk about ways that you can be a student, like just some practical yeah. things you can do. So you mentioned one, like finding a mentor, collaborating, um, yes. and of course taking courses. I think reading is a big one it's a huge one in a lot of the articles I've read about um, our minds about creativity about you know intelligence all of that every single one that I've read has has talked about reading as being like such an important part of um, of learning of just developing our minds developing ourselves as creatives and as writers um, that reading is so huge so um, purpose to to read, uh, whether it's yeah. articles, whether it's books, it can be novels, it can be resource books, it can be yeah. audio books, you know, whatever. Just um, take some time to read. Yeah, that's no, a that's one. a big one. I think, too, you know, I know this is very practical, but I mentioned communication a second ago. I, just uh, this is a very simple kind of duh thing, but just l- listen, you know, listen to the people <laughs> around you, especially that you surround yourself with, you know, at work. Um, you know, take a minute after they're done speaking and, <clears throat> you know, ask them a question to clarify so you know what it is they're really communicating. You know, what I hear you saying is, and, you know, you'll just be amazed at when you start really actively listening in that way and you don't just kind of (laughs) auto shut down, you know, and you engage in, I want to know what you have to say. You've got something to say. So let me, let me hear from you. That just shifts what you pick up from all kinds of people. I mean, you know, somebody at the grocery store or, Mm -hmm. you know, people have all kinds of wisdom to share from experience. And, uh, that certainly applies to, you know, to people you surround yourself with, you know, in your, in your creative work, whatever that may be. That's a, it's a big deal to, to just listen, you know, to, to them and hear what they've experienced and, you know, learn from it. Uh, I mean, and I mean, take notes if you've got to, I think it's, you know, I giggle, but I mentioned John a minute ago, you know, he is literally, he'll carry uh, notes with him. Like if he sat down with you, he would ask you questions and y'all would have a very personable conversation. But by the time he was done, (laughs) he would have notes from your time together, you know, (laughs) and he would go back home and put it in um, 
Evernote. <laughs> so, and he would have, he's got this massive database of just stuff. And now I never could adopt to, you know, to go quite that far. But for me, what that, what that showed me is just, again, like that power of observational learning, you know, mm-hmm. really taking in little moments around you, you know, and really listening for all those gold nuggets because they're you know they are out there we just kind of have to be open to finding them for sure yeah I I think it's kind of a state you can be in sort of a constant state of always looking at um, what is the lesson here and I think one thing that I started doing was on my so I made my own daily planning sheets Uh because they just the planners that I found weren't working for me they just were all download yours and see if they work for me (laughs) 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 Well, they were all time-based, which Mm -hmm. my work is not very time-based. I mean, it is sometimes. Some days I have meetings and that's time-based. But most of the time it's based on, it's content-driven. It's based on what do I need to create that day. And so I created planning sheets that were based around content or driven by content with just a small section that was about the day and the time and what was happening when. Um, But one thing that I added to it was, what did I learn that day? And having that empty box there that I need to fill at the end of each day actually makes me sit and think, okay, what did I learn today? And and yeah. if it's a day that I really didn't do any reading or note taking, it was just like busy and I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even purposefully trying to learn anything. <laughs> it gives me, it gives me a moment to pause and really, and recognize uh, and dig deep to find what I learned. And sometimes That's like, great. Yeah. I wrote down once that what I learned was not to send emails after dark. Yeah. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because usually I'm not in the best mindset no, once it's dark. There's like either. that sundowning thing. I'm tired. I don't make, I can't make important decisions. Very rambling emails. Is, yeah. My outlook <laughs> yeah. on life is not as good. So it's like, especially important emails, yeah. do not send them after dark. Wait and send them in the morning. Same thing with blog posts. Don't yeah. try to write a blog post after dark. Just wait, write it in the morning. It's going to be much better. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. so I write down these little lessons like that. Though I never would have remembered that had I not yeah. written it down in the box that this was something I learned. So I think paying attention to, um, you know, drawing lessons out each day, not only does it help you kind of celebrate those things that you've learned and learned from them and also turning maybe mistakes or bad ideas into something that you can laugh at, into something that you can yeah. not repeat again. Um, but I think it also, it it just helps you, it just helps you have a better, a a mindset where you are looking for those lessons so you can fill that box at the end of the day. So maybe you do that in a journal or something, but I think it it helps you pay attention to what you're learning Yeah, and, um, even those tiny little lessons, tiny little life lessons. And sometimes I write the same lessons over again because I forgot them from the last time I wrote them down. Don't wait. I had to learn them again. Every day. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Well, so let's talk about um, our creative contraption this week. Yes. Yes. This is one you picked. I haven't even seen this one yet. Okay. So this one, and I need to, I'll bring it next time we're together. There, it's so, you know, we talked about on uh, Jean's episode, she talked about Mm -hmm. portable, you know, art kits and how 
incredible that was for you to be able to, you know, if you're an artist to have, you know, have supplies on the ready and in your car and in your bag, you know, and I think that's great. So one that I found, actually, I bought it for my daughter. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I just stole you it from her. It. Yeah, I've never given it back. So you can get it, you know, at Target. I mean, everywhere. They've got that handmade modern line, which is just really prettily branded, you know, paint and craft supplies. Mm. So it's just really um, clean, beautiful branding. And so, of course, it like pulled me in the first time I saw, you know, the row. I went straight over there. But it's just this nice, it's not not super tiny. So, you know, it's just a good medium size watercolor palette. But it comes in a latched, you know, wooden box. So that's great mm. for being on the go. You can stick a little, tra- you know, extra tray in there for your watercolors. Uh, so I have used it. I'll have to snap some pictures of it. I have used it so much. And then it's, you know, I can just refill it with any other pans that I have. So, you know, any like, yeah. little, I think it's half pans that are in there. So, but it's just a great well, size. They've got a lot of good uh, products. That's really nice. So if you have your own palette or if you want to yep. use artist quality paints, you can just buy yep. the box yep. and put your, because I've seen some wooden boxes and they're absolutely they're beautiful. S- yes. I know so they take expensive. a ton of work for people to make, but they're yeah. so, I mean, it's hard to like $200 for yep. a little wooden box palette. Um, yep. So if you want that look, being able to go pick up this this one uh-huh. and and just fill it's it with the colors that you it. Yeah. use yeah I think that's what I'm gonna do actually I'll have to see if yeah, I haven't seen I it yet but I maybe I just haven't looked in the right place so I'm gonna go I see don't if I know can I hope oh, I hope it's still available surely it is I bought it I mean maybe eight months ago six months ago but it, it was around is. for a while I, yeah I just don't go down the craft aisle at Target very often yes I usually I don't know because I'm a snob about artist quality paints and stuff and I know they don't carry artist quality well so I'm like not even worth my time go down the aisle because you know what it's great for to any of you people that shoot um craft supplies it's pretty you know Mm -hmm. pretty brushes pretty you know they're just real clean real simple not a lot of crazy branding on them so yeah I just said on them there you go happy southern (laughs) charm day over here (laughs) do not care <laughs> All right. Well, next time we're going to talk about um, turning your creativity into a business. And we talk a lot about, I think it's it's hard to talk about creativity and creating your work without also talking about like sharing it or selling yeah. it. Um, but we did a whole course series on turning your creativity in a, into a business. And we're releasing some of those on, um, on Instagram and Facebook and on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, but so we wanted to talk about that a little bit in the podcast, um, mm-hmm. just kind of do a flyover on, okay, you're creating, everybody's telling you, Hey, you should sell your whatever's on Etsy. And, <laughs> uh, so, you know, what, I don't know what are kind of the first steps of turning your creativity right. into a business. Uh, is it right for you or not? Um, and just kind of, we want to talk about also just some things to be aware of, when you do that yeah. and um so we'll kind of do a flyover next time i think that'll be uh, should be fun change things change things up a little bit yeah um and uh so we hope you'll join us next time for that until then you can find us on instagram facebook on our website yeah. youtube all of those good places and we hope we'll see you there thanks so much for listening to the creative exponent podcast 
Our original theme was written by A Walker Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like the Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com. 